Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. What's good? This is Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. And this is the R&B Podcast. All season long, even in the off season, yes. we here. Welcome to the R and B podcast. I got my man, my main man, back in the building. Real Mike Rob is back on your favorite yeah, podcast. This is the one-two punch everybody wants. This is what we do. This is like meth and red. This is like <laughs> your favorite sports podcast meets the Rockwaller. I know you remember that beat. Come on, man. That you was, know I know the rock, Wilder. Come on, that bro. Was, that was one of the coldest beats of all time. Hey, all right. So, Mike, what's up, man? How you been? I would say, like, it's good to see you, but, bro, it's been too long. you like a brother to me. I, so, where you been at, bro? I know, man. I'm back in VA, man. Had to get some health things straight, man. You know, this game played a real physical position, man. This game um, doesn't, leave us, doesn't leave any of us without something to have right. to deal with when we're all done, man. But I'm back. I'll be back in a few weeks. Be back in studio, man. Get this thing going, bro. How you feeling? You good? You good? You I'm good, man. I'm right. turned up. Okay, I'm then. turned up, hey. Well, 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 speaking of turned up, I'm glad you could join us via Skype. Coming up on today's show, we got RG3. We got to talk about his future. Um, we're going to talk Marshawn Lynch and Calvin Johnson. You know, retirement. I haven't talked to you since Marshawn Lynch hung them cleats up. Literally yeah. sent out a tweet um, yeah. and posted the deuces. So we got to talk about that. We're going to share some stories about the two guys. Uh, we're going to talk about the combine, the NFL combine, how yeah. it is now versus how it was when we were in it. Um, and we're going to share our stories. And we're also going to talk about the Grunk Party Cruise. We got to address it, man. Like me and TD was just talking. <laughs> and there's really some some stuff we got to talk about when it comes to Grunk and his party cruise. All positive from my perspective – but yeah. I think the perception of what uh, – we'll get to it. Let me, let me stop yeah, right now. Yeah, All right, so listen. Man. Don't, don't let it out too fast. Yeah, bro. you're right. All right, so as all, always, remember, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you you got to go check out the podcast anywhere you can get it. Check out our YouTube. We're about to make this all visual. Like we said in the beginning, it's not just a podcast. It's a show. It's not just a show. It's a movie. So peep the whole episode on YouTube, man. This is what we Let's do. Let's get it, man. Let's get it, man. I'm ready to get into it, Nate. You know me, man. Yeah. You got that fire. Oh, you got that fire, huh? Fire. You rub, hey, you rubbing your hands like Birdman. <laughs> hey, okay. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Okay. I see what TD been doing on his week off. Yeah. That 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 life of Pablo came out, and he wanna oh, he wanna get back do. on. Okay, so oh. he's been inspired. He's grabbing these beats. <laughs> Out the crates. I like that one. See, you starting off this show on fire right now. All right, Mike, so let's jump right into it, man. What would you like to see for the future of RG3? Oh, well, first and foremost, man, when you talk about RG3, you have to talk about the person because, you know, he came in, he he, he was so hyped up, um, and I feel like this year may have humbled him. Well, I hope it's humbled him enough as to where he can go to another team, man, and 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 flourish uh, from from the people I know at the Washington Redskins. We, whether you're talking about players or management, he just he wasn't what you would call a football player. Uh-huh. And, and I say that by doing things like you know going in the weight room and 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 maybe you have some linemen listening to their music. He just cuts it off and puts on his music without even saying anything. He's the oh, youngest oh. guy in there. That's you know what I mean? You can't do that. And, and when you go to teams and you're on teams, it, it's 
you know, it's a respect thing. And you don't disrespect people, especially when you're the quarterback, when everybody is fighting um, to make sure you look good. You right, know what I mean? Right. So I, I hopefully this year has humbled him enough that he can go to another team, man, and, uh, you know, uh, show his skills. Because the guy does have a unique skill set. I think right, he just right. has to be humble because – before man, all we all we saw RG three was was talk about himself, man. Now now you're you're talking about being humbled and, and him not having the season that he wanted this past year, but he did have one of the most captivating rookie years. He 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 really got everybody on board with this new train of thought that RG three is the next generation. His rookie year, he didn't just win over the Washington Redskins fan base; he won over everybody. So my question is. When it comes to RG3, how much of that rookie season can he lean on and take with him to the next level? Or, or, is, or is that over? Or is it should he bury that and say, I need to start anew? It depends, man. It depends on the coach who coaches him. It, it depends on the system. Will RG3 ever be a guy who's going to drop back 35, 40 times, straight drop back, five, seven, nine step drop, and just beat you from the pocket? No. I don't think that's his skill set. A, a, a definitive no. You're saying a definitive yeah, no. He definitive cannot be a no. he cannot be a traditional drawback quarterback. I do not think that's him. I think you manage him. I think you also have to teach this guy how to slide. You have to teach this guy how to protect himself. Right. And again, all of that goes with humility. Trust me, Nate. I've been there. I've been in the pocket. I've dropped back and been the fastest guy on the field. I've dropped back and known that I can get away from everybody. Right. It takes a certain discipline. To, to, to be to, to be that type of a player, which I've seen RG3 not really have. Okay, so 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 I'm, I'm going to throw out three teams, right? And there's a ton of teams that could possibly be a landing spot for RG3. L.A. Rams, Denver Broncos, and I'm going to throw this one out there, Dallas Cowboys. Where would you like to see RG3? Matter of fact, let me put Houston in there as well. Ooh, Houston. Well, I think Houston and people, people are going to say I'm crazy. I think Houston is going to wait for Christian Hackenberg to fall in their lap, and he's going to be—he may be the day one starter next year. I don't know, okay. but I think he's going to fall into their lap. Um, uh, RG three. Uh, I just read an article saying that the, you know the, the Dallas Cowboys are are, are saying that they don't want him, and his the system doesn't fit. The way I look at it, I look at it as Dallas probably has one of the best systems for him. Why? They want an outside inside zone scheme. They run the zone scheme. Their scheme um, can work just as ju just as well from under center as in the shotgun, which that's what RG three is used to doing. It can look spread offense like. Now, the passing concepts, they're going to have to get with RG3 and make sure that he understands everything that they want to do. But the run game and his threat to run, obviously teach him how to slide, but his threat to run makes this run game interesting. And again, they don't have a dominant back. I know you got Darren McFadden. Who's there. They do not have a dominant number one back right now. Now, All right, so because you are you are our resident former quarterback, I'm going to give you some comparisons, and you tell me the difference between RG3 and these individuals. And mind you, let me preface by saying I'm not comparing RG3 to these guys I'm going to say because they're also black. I'm okay. comparing him to them because they all have strong arms and they are athletic. It just so happened these guys are African-American quarterbacks. RG3 and Cam Newton, RG3 and Russell Wilson. What's the difference between those guys? Mm. Well, um, obviously, from a physical standpoint, you talk about Cam Newton. RG3 is not 6'5". No, he's not going to run through a bunch of people. You see what you see in the video right there. He's a speed guy. He's a track guy. He wants to get going. He wants to go straight line speed. Gotcha. If I'm going to compare him to somebody, I'm going to compare him, I'm going to compare him to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, from that standpoint, okay. I got you. Of running the football. Um, uh, when you talk about Russell Wilson, he's I don't think he's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, obviously, he's shorter, but Russell Wilson will beat you from the pocket. Uh, Let's ask Mike Nolan in 2012 when he was the defensive uh, coordinator for for the uh, Atlanta Falcons when Russell threw for over 400 yards, can Russell throw from out of the pocket? They made sure Russell stayed in the pocket, and he said, you know what? I'm going to expose you for doing this. Um, uh, I, I, I just don't see RG3 doing that. It's for whatever reason, he doesn't see the entire field. For whatever reason, again, like Kaepernick, he just doesn't see the entire field. Most of the most of the, the, the plays that you're going to see RG3 be successful with is rollouts like you see in the video or him just reading one half of a field. That's what he does. That's what you have to do. You have to make sure he's only reading one side because seeing the whole field is just too much for the kid. So, you know, th there's a saying that a zebra can't change his stripes. So 
if RG3 can't see the whole field, he's now a young veteran. He isn't a young player anymore. Is RG3 who he's going to be for the rest of his career? Is there room for improvement? I mean, the question I'm trying to ask you is, how how does he rejuvenate his career? Now, how does he recreate himself? Can he recreate himself and be better? Like, as a receiver, I could go learn more routes. I could, you know, take different tools from different receivers and apply those to my game and be a better receiver year eight than I was in year two. So, as a quarterback, is that possible for RG3 to go to a new team, recreate himself, and be a different quarterback than we've seen? Yes, Nate. And I said it, I kind of alluded to it earlier when we talked about the humility thing. You would see a different team. You will see a different player. You'd see a different um, um, success around RG3 if he if he was more more humble, if he if if he treated his teammates with the respect, if he if 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 he uh, brought all his teammates together, if he truly was a leader of a team. I don't know if he's ever done that. At the Washington Redskins, that first year, yeah, Nate, you're absolutely right. Spectacular season. Right. Spectacular season. Right. But you look at his coaching staff. Look at those guys. I mean, I mean he had one of the best coaches in uh, the – tell me don't, – don't let me forget right right now. Running game coach. Come on, Mike Shanahan. There you okay. go. Yeah. One of the best run game coaches this game has ever seen. Axar resident, our other running back, Terrell Davis. I'm telling you. He kind of made RG3 his first year. You know, it, it's funny you talk about the humility and him being injured and the things that he had to go through. I did three preseason games as a color commentator for the Detroit Lions. Detroit played in Washington, and that was the game where he got banged up, and he was on the ground laying there. And what struck me was, one, the crowd. They didn't they didn't, you know, hold their breath as if they were concerned about his well-being. They were almost happy that he got hurt. Some fans were booing while he was still on the ground. And then the second thing that struck me was guys didn't rush to RG3 on the field. I'm talking about individuals in a Washington Redskins jersey didn't run to him and check on him. Now, for me, like, that's what football is all about. It's a brotherhood. It tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, I just felt like there was a disconnect between RG3 and, and his teammates and then RG3 – in that fan base, which is why I said early in the season, RG3 needs to be in a different jersey. And everybody got all bent out of shape because they thought I was taking a shot at him. I wasn't saying that it's RG3's fault um, or he's to blame. I was just saying that he needs a fresh start. So to your point, I agree with you, Mike. There's a lot of things that RG3 can do differently. The question is, will he learn from everything that he's been through? Because literally, in this short amount of time, RG3 has had the highs and lows of the NFL career. The highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. Man. Exactly. So so we'll see. I think that that's going to be one of the most interesting uh, topics next year is where will he land and what will he be doing when he lands there. Oh. Yeah. Is some music coming? Yeah, you hear that. Y'all hear that? Uh. Uh, oh, oh, what, what was that? What you uh, was you about to spit something? I was, I was thinking about it. I, you, I I, you, about you it. almost went in. On my desk, on my desk, I got some stuff written, but yeah. I don't think I'm safe. <laughs> I think I'm safe, man. It might be. It might be too much for the show. I feel you. All right, so um, next topic: retirement. Now, obviously, us as TV personalities now for the NFL Network, um, we have embraced that 100. Uh, percent Someone else who has embraced it. Seems to be right now Marshawn Lynch, uh, another guy, Calvin Johnson, supposedly, allegedly, he has <laughs> said that he wants to retire. Um, so you are the Lynch whisperer. So is he 100% done? And if he is, like, what have you seen this last year that, aside from his words or that tweet or that Instagram of his cleats and him chucking the deuces, what did you see this year? that was the ultimate sign that your boy is going to retire? Well, first of all, I know I know what he goes through each and every week as far as being one of the best backs in the league. So I know his body is beat up. Um, I also know he didn't, he didn't necessarily like to have surgery. Mm. He didn't want to get cut up on. That's not something that Beast Mode has ever had to do. That's not something that, you know, that's not his MO is being hurt and being cut up on. Um, through this past year, man, I, I, you know, obviously since, since knowing Marshawn, I've seen him grow, but really these, these past year, year and a half, 
um, he's taken so many steps as far as maturity and as far as um, um, biz, other businesses. And, 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 and he's so bright, man. People don't look at him as a businessman, but this guy is so oh, bright. Man. He's, 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 he's one of the best. Yeah. One of the best, bro. I'll give you a yeah. little story. After the Super Bowl last year, people talked about all that media day stuff, and he didn't want to talk this, that, and the third. I went with him after media day. He did about 18 other interviews, okay, sat down with people, um, was very articulate, talked to him, did everything that, that, that they needed for him, and he made about $700,000 that week. Oh, wait. You know what I mean? So, oh, wait. Exactly, right? That, what are we here for? You know, um, the, 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 the guy... Um, He's just grown up so much in this past year, man. He didn't necessarily do the club thing as much as he used to do back in the day. He's starting right. to talk about, you know, family things and things like that, man. So just hearing him lets me know, hearing him lets me know that he was thinking about the end. I mean, he really was, Nate. But I'll tell you one thing. He he didn't really like to be to be cut up on, bro. Um, the day he retired, man, I'm in the car FaceTiming him um, out in San Francisco. And we, we talk about that. He's like, Mike, you know, what you think is going to happen, man? What's up? You know, what do you think with the Seahawks? We had our discussions about that. I can't let y'all know everything, yeah. okay? But we had our discussions about that. We're, we're I, seeing some footage of you and you and uh, Marshawn yeah, yeah, right man. now. That's my dog, right? That's my brother, man. Y'all can uh, check out all this stuff on YouTube for the listeners and everybody watching the podcast. After we got off the, uh, you know, after we got off the, the, the FaceTime, I looked at my wife and I said, baby, I think he's going to be done. Oh. Um, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know when, but I, to me that sounds like a guy who is moving on, and that's what you want. I mean, selfishly as a as a football fan, as a running back, as brother, you know, I I, I want to see him play football, but as a, as a as a um, you know his brother, as a friend, I want to see him move on and continue to be successful in other things. Now you mentioned that uh, you know when he was in that Super Bowl a couple years ago and was uh, what seemed like refusing to talk to the media that was the NFL. But she said he went on to make, you know, around $700,000 that week um, with other yeah. interviews and appearances, right? So yeah. th that leads me into my next question. Um, there's been, you know, articles and, you know, conversation and speculation about Marshawn and how he spends his finances. Word on the street is that, he hasn't spent any of his contract money because his endorsement game is so heavy. Now, obviously, you don't have to put his numbers out there, but can you share any validity to that? Because, Mike, that is crazy. For anybody that is listening and watching, it's hard to get a check and deposit the check and not touch the check. you got to have a lot of money and different streams of revenue coming in for you not to touch your contract money. What yeah. what do you, what do you have to say about that? Well, what I do know about what I do know about my dog. Obviously, I'm not in his pocketbook or anything like that. But um, he is a beast when it comes to the endorsement thing. He yeah. makes a lot of money when it comes to endorsements. And the good thing about Marshawn, he's good to people. Uh -huh. I mean, he really is, man. If he loves you, if if he calls you a friend, he's gonna always love you and call you a friend. And and the city of Oakland, oh, um, yeah. he always goes back there. Um, they embrace him, um, kind of like my city here in Richmond, Virginia, do for me. You know, they won't allow they won't allow you to get in trouble. They won't allow you to do anything bad. You know, they right. won't allow you to pay for any food. They won't allow you to pay them when you're helping with your football camp. So, uh -huh. um, when you look at it like that and you stay so close to your roots, man, it look to me it's pretty easy to come out this game like this. What? You know what I mean? Um, because the community that the community that's taking care of you for so long when you were young continues to take care of you as you grow older. What's your most memorable Marshawn Lynch story? Oh. <laughs> I know there's a lot, right? I mean, yeah. we we grown men, so I'm talking about the one that you can say on the podcast. Right? Ah, that I can say on the podcast, but we yeah. keep it funky on this podcast. Yeah, we keep it all the way funky. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. we do. We do that. That is facts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen. All right, so all right, I'm gonna let you think about that. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Calvin Johnson, right? So I'm trying not to say. No, I feel you, and and I don't want you to, cause you you gonna get in your zone, and then like you know, let's just keep everything you know in a nice neat box, okay? Let's give wrap this neatly for the podcast. So I'm gonna do the same. So you know, obviously there's stories about Calvin Johnson retiring, and uh, you know my gut feeling is. 
that he's done. I literally, to this day, have not asked him if he's retiring. So Nate, or not. hold up, Nate, Nate. So, so you don't think he's just trying to trying to go to another team? You don't think he's just trying to squeeze the team to whether you know give him more money or nah, release him or anything like that? You think he's really truly done? I, I think he's uh, really truly done. Listen, I, Calvin is one of the most uh, humble stars. Nah, excuse me, humble superstars I've ever been around. So, um, you know. His mother's a doctor. His father worked on the railroad. He has the perfect blend of um, ingenuity, intelligence, and just blue-collar attitude. So Calvin never cared about the money. It's crazy because we would sit and have these conversations about, you know, million-dollar contracts and, you know, private jets and, you know, all this stuff. And Calvin would just sit back and he would never say anything. He never talked about the watch he was wearing or the shoes he had on. He never talked about the next car he was buying. Not saying that he didn't splurge, but he didn't he didn't elevate these things, you know, in the importance that most guys did. And I'm speaking of myself. Like, I mm-hmm. love material things. I do. I, I'm one of those guys. Calvin never did. So I say all that to say this. It's not about the money. So – if Calvin is talking about retiring, it has nothing to do with how much he's going to get paid by the Detroit Lions. It has more to do with how his body feels and how he wants to feel as a grown man moving forward. Um, now, there's a ton of things that I feel like come into play. I feel like him being emotionally fatigued, being physically fatigued, um, being tired in every definition of the word, and having to get yourself up. Mike, you remember – Towards the end of our career, it took everything just for us to get through 24-hour day of practice week, right? You know that. So imagine, like, Calvin Johnson, who's 6'5", 240, you know, ligaments and tendons and strains and pains and bumps and bruises, what he has to do just to get up and be the best receiver on the field. So um, that's a lot of work. So I, I feel let me, like – Let me let me ask you just one thing. What's up? What What is he going to do? Because – you know, I look at I look at and I I asked my son this too, and we, we got into it. He talked about his beast mode story. He wants his foundation to grow nationally. We're talking about some things about that, but I don't know Calvin as well. Right. What is Calvin going to do? I mean, the guy's in his early thirties, right or yeah. thirty? Right? Well, well so, he talked he, ta- he talked about well he talked about um, you know, getting into TV, and that was briefly when we were playing together. Um, he does have a degree in engineering from Georgia Tech. So, so, yeah, so to say the least, my, my man could get a job anywhere, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think if he wants to go in that lane and work for the rest of his life, life, he can. But, you know, we talking numbers, right? Numbers don't lie. Calvin has enough money to not do anything. And to be honest, like, the CJ, I know he's a true introvert. Like, he's super chill, super relaxed, never gets too high, never gets too low. And that kind of helps me get into this story about CJ. So, CJ never celebrated. He never danced. He never got mad. You know, he, he was just one of them dudes. He would internalize things, and he would go out there and torch dudes on the field. I remember we were playing the Denver Broncos, and he caught a screen, and he's getting tackled, and the linebacker kind of bent him up, and he's kind of folded backwards, like almost in a pretzel position. And I, I can tell it was a dirty hit, and they were trying to basically bend him backwards through the, wh- through the whistle. Calvin gets back in the huddle. He's like, hey, yo, Nate. Let me get the slot. And I'm like, what you mean the slot? Like, you're not in the slot. I'm in the slot. He's like, listen, run play. Dude gave me a cheap shot. I'm about to put my hands around this dude's neck, right? <laughs> and he was saying these words. He's like, basically, I'm going to go light this dude up. And I'm looking at him like, man, you tripping right now. A whole so different Calvin i never voice? seen. Huh? It was calm voice? He was just like, I'm just going to put my hands around this. No, nah, he, he, he was basically like, I'm about to – I'm about to lay this dude flat down because he wanted to get in the slot. He knew he couldn't get to the linebacker if he's on the outside. So yeah. me thinking this is hilarious, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, bro. Go ahead and get in the slot. <laughs> we ran a run play. I didn't even run around or block my dude. I'm watching inside like, man, this dude, Calvin, is really about to go knock this dude out. And he left his feet and gave dude that work. So for me, like those moments right there, I was able to see like the most passionate side of CJ. And then I was able to see every single day the most humble side of CJ. There's another another story that I, I share often is we used to have these cookouts. It was a receiver, Marcus Harris, who would uh, cook for me at the crib because I told him, I was like, look, you're a young dude trying to make the team. You don't need to pay rent. He was like, man, I need to do something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say you made a young guy cook at your house for you? Listen, Are you kidding listen, me? Yeah, you got you to gotta hear the story. So oh, now listen, 
Listen. Hey, listen, man. He was trying to make the team. He had no place to stay. So I told him, I told him, you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to pay for groceries. You don't have to pay for nothing. He said, I can cook. I said, bro, if you cook, you ain't got to worry about it. So we had these cookouts, all the receivers. And CJ come by. And to say the least, like, we're grown. We would have grown men drinks. This is when the Ciroc Peach came out. So we would have mm. bottles of Ciroc Peach, right, just lined up. And, and it was us. And it was during the uh, NBA basketball season. So we would chill over the summer. And, you know, we would have these nights where we're eating great food, drinking, and the next night – uh, the next day, we would go in on our day off and say, all right, let's go sweat this out. Let's go hop in the sauna. So I remember one day, we all got to the facility early. We walked in, dragging. Everybody's moaning and groaning. And then the whole group, everybody walks to the sauna. And Calvin walks the opposite direction. And I'm like, yo, CJ, where are you going? He said, man, we said we're going to sweat this out. I'm like, yeah, we're all about to hop in the sauna. We're going to sweat out this liquor and this bad food, and then we're going to go back to training. He was like, yeah. I'm going to sweat it out my way. You can sweat it out your way. So I'm like, what is he talking about? I hopped in a sauna. I'm in there for five minutes. Curiosity is killing me. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, where did he go? Is he going to the training room? Like, is he about to get in the hot tub? I look in the training room. He's not in there. I look in the hot tub. He's not in there. I walk to the weight room. He's on the treadmill. And not the regular treadmill. He's on the perpetual treadmill that you move yourself. And he's just getting it. Bro, running like 16 miles an hour. And I'm looking at him like, Yo, this is crazy. Like, this is why he's one of the best to ever play the game is because his mindset is if I'm going to work, I'm going to manually work. There is no shortcuts. So that morning, even though it's small, I looked at it like this. The whole receiving group was trying to get this shortcut to break a sweat. Calvin's like, nah, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm out to go in this weight room and get this sweat out the real way. And that was like one of the defining moments when I think about Calvin because – that was him every single day. He Hall woke up and worked like he was a free agent. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, in my Hall opinion. Hall of Famer? I know we talked about it before, but nothing's changed. Hall of Famer? I, I, I would love to see him play a few more years because when you get into double digits, then then it starts to really take shape as far as, like, your career. But, um, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, with the, amount, with the amount of numbers and TDs and records that he broke and will hold forever um, – you have to keep in consideration that CJ was doing this versus double and triple team. And a lot of people say, well, there's some Hall of Famers that got better numbers. But, yeah, these Hall of Famers weren't facing the same type of coverage. Like, I seen this dude get viced up as if he was a gunner on punt. <laughs> he got two dudes sitting there looking at him in his chest, and he's still getting open. I ain't seen that since Randy Moss. And that was in 0304. So, in my opinion, I feel like Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Famer. So, let me ask you. Marshawn Lynch, Hall of Famer? Uh, I think so. And I think so because he was the heartbeat of a team that won a championship. Uh-huh. Um, not many not, not many backs literally galvanize a team, a city, a whole conference, and the, everybody's beast mode. And we win a championship. But then he leads them back to the Super Bowl the very next year, being down um, in the playoffs. Uh, um, by the Green Bay Packers, and you just continue to hand the football off, and you win the you win the game. Uh, I think with Marshawn, you're gonna have to do the eye test. You can't look at the numbers. Obviously, he has decent numbers. Usually, the 10,000 10, mark is the is the mark for Hall of Fame back Hall of Fame running backs. He's just short of that with a little over nine thousand. Um, but I don't know if there's been a guy since Earl Campbell run with the aggressiveness, the will, um, the heart that Marshawn has run with. And um, if he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, it, it would be a shame. Now, uh, speaking of that, uh, just a little side note for those listening, you said Earl Campbell, who is a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah. If you look at the numbers, Marshawn Lynch's numbers and Earl Campbell's numbers are comparable. So if you're, yeah. if you're trying to make that decision based off numbers, there's a guy that's in there who Earl Campbell is one of the best ever but in the we, game. But, but we all know we had a guy to get your popcorn ready who should have been – That's true. Um, that's true. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know gray area when it comes to Hall of Fame, <laughs> but you know it's not my decision to be made. So now I got to tee you up again on, on that Marshawn Lynch uh, story. I mean, I gave you a little bit of time to think about it. Yeah, you did, man. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to do my, I'm going to do my dog some justice. I'm not going to um, I'm not going to take I'm not going to say any of the crazy, super crazy right. stories. Which you shouldn't. I I, I, was, I I had reservations about stories I was yeah. telling about CJ. I can't, I can't do that. Hey, it's guy code. It's football code. Yes, it's it's the code. unwritten rule. We share. We share. Hey, we share that for the for the movie because we are gonna do the R&B yes. movie. We are gonna say that for the movie. Oh, exactly. <laughs>
Um, but I, I, I'll take the lighter side of things, man. I mean, this guy used to literally show up at my house uh-huh. and I would come down the stairs and he'd be there playing with my children. That's what's up. Been there for like five hours, bro. And to see him around kids, to see him just big, you know, this tough running back beast, to see him deal with your children, to see him pick up my little girl, you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, tell my wife and I, hey, man, y'all can go to the movies. I got them. What? Yeah, that's Are you crazy. kidding me, myself, and to leave my kids with you? Are you kidding me? But that's the type of guy he is. I mean, he FaceTimed my little boy, which um, my, my little boy was really, really young when I was in Seattle. He's about, he's six now. He FaceTimes my little boy once a week. Dang. Still to this day. And they wow. talk all the time. I, I'll come downstairs and they're just talking. I'm like, he don't even answer the phone for me, but he answered the phone for my little boy. So, that's awesome, man. That's the type of guy he is, man. That's what's it, up. So. All right. So, uh, TD, you got something? Um, oh. Hey. Yeah. That's fire right there. Hey. I'm on beat. I'm on beat. You on beat. You on beat. Uh. Uh. Hey. Oh, I hear that. I hear that in the background. Okay. TD, he real inspired right now. Cause that, I'm telling you, that Life of Pablo got him gassed up. That hey, that that TD album drop in 2017. Y'all think I'm playing? He been in the lab cooking some stuff. Thugger, thugger, what's up, baby? Yeah, thugger, thugger in the building. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, so so let's talk about the combine, the scouting combine, the NFL combine. I, I want to take it back now further. Now you you were a big time player in college, and uh, you know even though you were one of the top players in collegiate sports. Getting that nod to be invited to the combine is still a big deal because it was for me. Like, it just was, to know I'm about to be amongst everybody. 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 What was your mindset going in and what stood out to you at the combine? Well, uh, I hadn't already known I wasn't going to work out. I, I knew I wasn't going to do any of that. Um, okay. Agent, now, talk to me. Why? And Let's my see. agent told me, said, Mike, look. Um, you're one of these guys. I know people want to see you throw. People want to see you do all this and that. I want to make sure the environment is perfect for you to do everything that you want to do. So I, I went into the combine basically saying, I'm going to kill all this psychological stuff. I'm just going, I'm just going to go all in for it. And, um, obviously, you know, as you know, Nate, you know, coaches challenged me on it. When I got, when I sat down with guys, guys like, Oh, so you being a punk. Oh, so you scared just in the third. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. We rhyme. We rhyme for our listeners. Huh? <laughs> guys guys get invited into basically these hotel rooms, right? You know, that's yes. how it was. And there's yes. different teams. I mean, some guys, they talk to 32 teams. Some guys, they talk to 10 or two teams. But um, you, you're going in and say, for example, the Atlanta Falcons call yes. you in. They they might have the head coach in there, the office coordinator, defense coordinator, the GM. It, it's a whole group of individuals that work for these organizations. And then they light you up with questions just to see where you are. Light you mentally, all. man. They told they told me about a fight I had in high school um, that I didn't even remember I got into, bro. Uh-huh. And all I told myself was, and, and I, I'm always like this. I'm still like this now. You either gonna like me for who I am, or you ain't gonna like me at all, right? So right. yeah, I got into the fight. Dude said this, and I beat him up. <laughs> Simple as that. They were excited because I was honest with them. Right. I think it was the. Uh, I think it might have been the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. I think I might have filled up Eagles at the time. But I remember um Bill Parcells, I forget which team he what team he was with at the time. But he asked uh he asked me some crazy questions, dude. He went from uh my favorite pass play to my third grade teacher back to this pass play that I, he had me diagram and I got wow. the play. And then he was like, Okay, it's over. And it was literally like three minutes. Uh. I said, I said, but so you're not gonna that's it. Mm. I'm like, what? 49ers. I'm sitting there with North Turner, Mike Nolan, um, you know, the, the entire brass of the 49ers. I had no idea they liked me. When we had the combine, you know, they asked me if I wanted a drink. I said no, right? And I thought that was just <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to be. Um, but they beat me up. 
they beat me up. And I'm like, why are y'all attacking me like this, right? I mean, talking about, you know, I did this, and you you don't really know how to throw the ball. You can't really, you're not fast enough to play running back. All your hands are suspect, this, that, and the third. Then I get him at the, I had him at the senior bowl first. Then I get him at the combine, and then they draft me. Uh. Then they draft me, and the whole time, after I got drafted, I talked to Scott McClure and Mike Nolan. They said, man, we, we just wanted to see how you were going to respond. And, and that's it. It's, it's truly a test, right? And it's it's one big test this whole weekend. Like, we show up, and you check into the hotel. Now, I remember my agent and, you know, the training facility where I was at in Arizona, API, they kept saying, everybody's watching you. So mm-hmm. just remember, when you're walking through the hotel, when you're – getting lunch when you're getting you dinner eat lunch, yep. everything these guys are watching you when you're going from interview to interview um, when you're testing everybody's watching you and you know I was different than you Mike so I let the nation in receptions and yards and I'm thinking like maybe I don't need to work out but then they were saying well he, he might not be good enough to play because he's playing in the WAC conference so I'm thinking I'm about to work out my agent said well you don't have to do everything I said nah I'm about to do everything because I'm about to show I'm better than majority of these receivers so I went in I jumped the highest vertical, 42 and a half. And I remember Andre Johnson was in my group, and he wasn't going to work out. Andre was the man, right? So he's not doing anything. And I remember him looking at my vertical like, I bet you I could jump higher. I could see it in his eyes. Like he was looking at me like, I know I could jump higher. But he didn't jump. And then we did the broad jump. And I I could leap. That's what I could do. I could jump. And I had a nice, long broad jump. I forget what it was. And I remember Andre Johnson. 26 inches. What was it? 126. That's, uh, that was my broad jump? Yep. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So I remember Andre Johnson looking during this whole thing, and he's, he starts taking off his sweats. And I'm like, what is this dude doing? And I bet you in his head he's like, I can knock this out. Like, I'm not going to do any other things today, but I'm out to jump. And I don't know what Andre Johnson jumped. Maybe you can look that up, TD. I'm on it. But he pulled his sweatpants off. Jumped and that boy leapt. I'm talking about frog leap, and I was like, "Damn, that boy got hops." And 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 then we did the weigh in, and uh, you know I'm sitting there trying to gain weight, and I'm drinking all. Oh, I got this, Nate. What uh, what was your vertical jump? My vertical was 42 and a half. Andre was 39. He but he he didn't jump in the combine though. I think that was at his that was at his pro day. I got two numbers from him. His what's broad it, jump what's was his, eleven and okay, his, his broad jump was eleven. Yeah, I was, Your broad I, jump, by the way, was ten six. Ten six, which is decent, right? Yeah, Andre was like, I can kill that. And he jumped eleven and then he put his sweats back on, like, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> so but you know what's crazy is um it, it was a meat market, Mike. You remember, like I remember walking into the weigh-ins where we're just in these mesh shorts, no shirt, no socks. And they, they, they take the length of our arms. They, they measure from the bottom of our palm to the middle of our, the top of our middle finger. Um, and all these people in the room just sitting there watching. All these coaches, pen and pad, just whispering to each other. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. And what was funny is Andre gets up. And Andre, he's like 6'4". And I think he must have weighed like 230-something. And I remember they were like, Andre Johnson, 6'4", whatever he was. And it was like the room exploded because they know how fast he is and they know how good he is, but I don't think everybody really understood how heavy he was. So they was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, did you guys hear that? And I'm looking at these coaches like with their pins to their pads, and I'm like, damn, these boys are excited off Andre, rightfully so, one of the best receivers in my era to do it. So um, that combine was a trip, man. It was it – was, Everything I didn't expect it to be because I didn't know that it was that serious. But the way that you were talking about it, Mike, it puts it in perspective that these guys are making an investment. They're going to a store. This is the biggest college store to buy the NFL player of their dreams. So they're making the proper investment of who they want to purchase. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, right, because obviously being African-American, you talk about – Purchasing somebody. Purchasing somebody. <laughs> but, but you know, but I'm not making a, a, a correlation between the two. But still, though, it's similar in the sense that they are investing in their future as an organization, and they have to do everything within their right to make the proper decision. And you were talking about it. I, and I hope young people are listening to the podcast today, man. Nate, you talk about a week-long process. You have some people talk about your whatever the, the last year you were in college. That whole year process is 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 kind of your interview. Man, your interview starts in the ninth grade. Uh. 
your interview starts in the ninth grade, which you yeah. post on social media, yeah, um, yeah. fights you get into, you yeah. think cool by posting pictures of you smoking this and that. Your, cr- your criminal record, all that. Your criminal record, this, that, and the third. It everything will come back to haunt you. They have, they literally have everything. Not just your resume and your stats and what you did on the field. They have your record. Every grade that you've got, every test that you passed or failed, they have everything. And it's a trip because they will sit in that room with stone cold faces and put the pressure on you. And I and I believe, in my opinion, as I was talking to these coaches, they were trying to see how easily I handle these tough questions. How easily I either excel in this moment or I crack in this moment because that is almost an identification of who you are as an athlete. So some of these dudes, they got in these meetings and some of these coaches and GMs will tell you they absolutely bust because they can't handle the pressure of the moment. And then they get on the field, they can't handle the pressure of the moment. And and, and you hit it right on the head, Nate. It's the pressure of the moment because it's like, what were you doing the last few months? Uh-huh. Any training facility over America gives you the answers to the uh, – to the to, to to the written psychological test they give right. you, they give you everything you know exactly look the combine nothing surprised me bro uh. not one thing surprised me I went to, I trained down in Tom's down with Tom Shaw down there in Florida uh, prime trained him when he came out right 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 he, there was nothing that we weren't ready for man we were ready for everything and actually you talk about weigh ins um, I wanted to be as light as possible, right? So I came down there like 217, 218, you know, thinking I could show my lean quarterback bill. Maybe right. I could get some receiver, whatever. Right, right, right. And, um, dude, they came into my room the night before um, uh, my first day and said, look, uh, we got a pee, we got we got a piss test um, at 4 o'clock in the morning. So don't use the restroom. Oh, yeah, I, I do remember that. Hey, hey, so, Mike, let me, let me ask you, going into the NFL – what did you hope to be? What position did you hope to be? Now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make this two parts. After the combine and leaving college, because it's two different mindsets. Because you start to see after the combine and the whole process, and people starting to judge yeah. you, give you your draft grade, you start to understand how you're perceived I in the NFL. To, Nate, I wanted to get in the NFL, bro. Um, but what did you want to be, bro? Like, there's an answer. Like, what did you? Want? Um, I wanted to play quarterback, to be honest with you. I wanted the ball in my hands um, all the time. Uh, I think we're starting to see it even more now. Uh, But when I first got to the combine to see guys like Vince Young, who I know that my offensive staff went to Texas, and we mimicked exactly what they did uh, up in Texas, to see those guys, to be around some of those movement quarterbacks, I wanted to be a quarterback coming out. Um, After my senior game, after my last game in the Orange Bowl, I wanted to be a quarterback. Then you talk about the process. I went to the senior bowl. They tell me, look, Mike, you're playing quarterback. First two, first two practices of the senior bowl, I'm throwing the ball. I'm, you know, doing my thing. I, I obviously see them giving more pass plays to Jay Cutler and Charlie Whitehurst, and I'm getting all the quarterback runs, but whatever, I'm doing my thing. And then the third day, they say, hey, go catch kicks. Hey, go pick up this blitz and linebacker. Hey, uh, go uh, try to run a route on this corner. And I'm like, well, I don't have any gloves. They're like, <laughs> I'm like, and so after the senior bowl, he was like, out there raw dogging with no gloves on. And they all and so I'm out here like, okay, they must think I can do some other stuff. Okay, so let me, let me, so after the senior bowl, I went and worked on other things. Gotcha. So when I had my pro day and combine and all of that, coming out of that whole process, I'm like, yo, I just want to get drafted as high as I possibly can. If a team wants me to play uh, running back, I'm going to do it. If a team wants me to get in the slot, I'm going to do it. You want me to be the wedge buster on kickoff? Guess what? I'll be the best to ever do. So do you think that the proper decision was made for your career? That's one question. And then two, do you think in 2016, Michael Robinson comes out of college? And he's Second round pick. Second round pick. As, as what? As what? Quarterback. Ooh. Quarterback. In 2016. So, so, so times have changed. Man. What? No, uh, so, no, let me ask you. When did they change? Or who changed it? Because it wasn't that long ago that you got drafted, right? So, uh, what? Um, I, I think I think you look just look at college football that year. Um, and I, Nate, you and I've talked about this all the time. The BCS quarterback winners were myself, DJ Shockley, Vince Young, and Pat White, all four mobile um, quarterbacks. Um, 
and Vince Young's the only one who gets the first round grade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but for me, uh, I think that's when it kind of started. You know what I mean? Obviously, right. you've seen mobile quarterbacks before him, before him, the Michael Vicks or whatever. Um, but I think when you saw Vince Young enter the league, you start seeing some of these other guys enter the league. Starting with my, it started with Michael Vick, but once you started seeing the injection, the early part of the two thousands, yeah, I think that's yeah. when it started to change. I think that's when, and now you're seeing teams say, "We're just going to put the put the best player at quarterback." I mean, th- I mean that's what we're doing, right, 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 right. right. Putting the, the guy that, that that can manage everything, that can do everything, and we're putting him at quarterback. So um, to answer your question, coming out now, yeah, I would have been a second round pick at quarterback. Most uh, definitely. Uh, times Most have definitely. changed, that's for sure. All right, yeah. so th- this is the last topic before we, uh, you know, end today's episode. This was fun, Nate. Yeah, yeah no, we got one more topic. Yeah. Let me get that beat, though, TD. Oh, this is like some, this is like some Rockefeller right here. That's not, that's that rock this that, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, this is some jigger ride too. Uh. Ooh, ooh, that little, oh, that one right there was fire. That was fire, TD. Hey, so let's talk about this last topic, okay? Um, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Had a party cruise. I don't know if you've seen the clips. I'm not as familiar with that. Right. man was turned. The whole thing was turned. I was watching these clips, and I'm like, yo, that cruise looks live. I was talking to TD before we started this episode, and TD was saying how, you know, chicks were, you know, basically getting interviewed. Like, why are you here? And they just like, we here to drink. We here to <laughs> have fun. Let's we, have a good time. <laughs> we're, here to, we're here to do some, some spring break things, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we're here to, you know, meet Gronk, uh, yeah. quote unquote. So I'm like, yo, like, that is what's up. So let me ask you this. Now, Mind you, I love the fact that Gronk is having a good time, and I love the fact he's branding himself. This dude could have a party cruise for the next thirty years. He could. He needs to strike a deal with one of these cruise ship lines and and really make it official. Cruise, baby, and, right. So, um, <laughs> the question is, do you think that he gets a pass for his chaos? Because I remember last year, Lashawn he put out a flyer talking about he's going to have a party, and people were like, "What? He put out a flyer? What is he doing?" Um, there's certain individuals that do things during the year, do things in off season, or you know we hear word, oh so and so's in Vegas, so and so's doing this. Um, but Grant is clearly like, look, I'm about to have the wildest cruise party of all times. I'm hiring Waka Flocka as one of the artists, and we're gonna turn this thing up, and nobody bats an eye. So do you think that do you think that he gets a pass? Yeah, he gets a pass. You know why he gets a pass? Because he's winning. Huh. Straight up. But, you know, and also I think because he handles his business on the field. I think it's more than just him being with a winning organization and being identified as a patriot. I think because he's so good at what he does and he he handles it. Like, you don't see Gronk messing up during the season. So, like, do what you – do whatever you want to do, bro. Like, put like this. If Johnny Manziel was winning and doing his job, I wouldn't care what he was doing. You couldn't convince me that what he was doing was wrong. But, but 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 look, what I can say is, and I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from the tight end. Position. Aside from the domestic violence, you're right, TD. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> but, next level. What I can say is, the the tight end position and the quarterback. You talking? You, you use Johnny Manziel as an example, right? Uh, I don't know if I would be comfortable with my quarterback like this. Two turn. Two turn. Yeah, I just don't know. You, you, because okay. Um, because I do know the preparation, the time. I do know what um, perception is reality to a lot of people. And your right. quarterback has to be, I ain't going to say you have to be a certain way, but you have to show some uh, show a certain level of um, discipline and commitment. That's all okay. I'm saying. Even, I'm even if he's winning and doing his job at a high level, like well, see, I, know, I, know, I know quarterbacks and tight ends and all the positions are different, but like – Gronk is still a professional athlete, and, like, nobody cares. I wouldn't care. Like, I think – I see Gronk, and I look at him when he's talking in interviews or he's showing clips of him partying all season, and I think, I would like to have played with him because yeah. he is having the best time he's ever. He's fun. He's fun. So, he why why is that different than a quarterback? Because, because Why is it different than a quarterback? Because the, the job descriptions are different, Nate. 
And I think you know that. You know that when I line up at tight end, and obviously this is a hard position to have to block a guy at, at the point of attack, right. um, have to run routes on the inside and things like that. But for the most part, a guy like Gronk, that fast, that big, that tall, that strong, I'm not saying it's easy for him. Right. But um, he can wake up, he can fall out of the bed and beat a lot of guys in coverage. That's true. I mean, I'm just saying. That's true. Um, so and, and, and with that, and with that drinking on the on the boat, he probably was falling out of the bed some morning. <laughs> I, I, I done been on a cruise boat casually, so I know his his party start. Hey, Damn. matter of fact, we gotta do an R and B episode from the cruise boat next year. I'm gonna put that in the works. Right now, we will be at the Gronk cruise boat next year. Plain and simple. Man, get Marcus on it, man. Marcus, what's up, man? Get yeah, but we gonna we gonna get we gonna get him on it. Hey, so listen, man. Uh, Mike Rob, it's good to have you, man. Uh, somewhat in the building. I appreciate you doing the interview via Skype with the uh, twenty thousand dollar alpaca rug behind you. You got yeah, kids on, running in the background. I don't know don't what. Don't get up. Don't, don't I, say. I, I saw I saw a kid running in the background. That you you you, you oh, official man. right now. Like you really at home. Doing this for real, and I must say, just from this small glimpse into your world, I like the decor and I, I like the 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 way that it's set up in there. I don't know how much you did with the interior decorating, but you laid up right in there. Hey man, uh, uh, when you have a great wife who has great style, you just leave it all to her. That's you true. Just, that's we I just do. we just cut the check, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you, Hey, dog. man, good to see you, man. I know you're going to be back in L.A. When you come back out, man, we're going to turn up. Hey, listen, man, that's it for this week's show. It's the R&B Podcast. Remember, hit us up, R-A-N-D-B, hashtag that. I am Nate 13 Burleson on Twitter. I'm Real Mike Rob on Twitter. Of course, you got to shout out um, our production team. Reach out to my guy, um, TD the producer, at my yes. man. And then D'Angelo always in the building. D'Angelo going to be leaving thug. us in a little bit, so we got to get D'Angelo's info. That's my man, Thugga Thugga, always doing his thing. And shout Infinite for the dope intro. Man, listen, you got to subscribe on iTunes, comment, retweet. Um, it, it's a movement because you guys are listening and watching. And the more you guys Appreciate listen and watch – the bigger it's going to be. And I promise you this will be a show and it's going to be the best one out. TD, let me get something on the outro. Uh, okay. Okay. Yes. Hey. We got to go. We got a meeting for TA. I appreciate you, Mike, joining us from VA. I like the house. Yeah, you in the house. On the East Coast, not the South. But that's what it's all about. It's the RB show. We always live. Off to the top of the dome, I'm live. Oh. <laughs> all right, Mike, man, I'm gonna holler at you, bro. All right, baby.